This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, May 6th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addie Oye Jr., and joining me is the force that is Gary Witta. I like that. Intro. I got to say, I like that better than the rogue one. I like it when you call me the force. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. I, I have two things I actually want to address off oh, the bat. Oh, because of Star Wars. Yeah, because the, oh, the Star Wars. Kind of Star Wars. Kevin, and Gary Witta is like a force, a force to be reckoned with. You That's know? right. That's you right. got it, Kevin. I have two things yeah. I want to address. First of all, I want to say congratulations on Animal Talking. Uh, Thank you. All the updates on social media. I've been seeing all all the big moves you've been making. It's been, uh, it's an been incredible really like incredible week. to see. Oh yeah, it's it's completely uh, surpassed any expectations we possibly could have had for it. It started out about a week ago, just me and my wife and my friend Adam Nickerson, just kind of screwing around in the in the basement of of my virtual house, thinking could we build a virtual talk show set and kind of you know play dress up and pretend at being on a talk show and now somehow a week later we're actually making a talk show with real celebrity guests and production values and we're booked up through the month of may i'm not going to say anything but when you hear some of the guests that we have booked for later on in this month you're going to freak out it's it's crazy i've been seeing some of the interactions on twitter and seeing some of the people that have been that have been responding and yeah i'm very oh, yeah. excited for, for we're working uh, i mean i'm, I'm to- i am in negotiations right now to get reggie on the show we're in dude. active negotiations dude that's that i'm very get- excited for any chance you can get John gonna... Cena? You know, look, if John wants to, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to chase him around the place because like, I'm booked up, you know, but mm, I, mm. I, I don't need to reach out to guests at this point. Oh. But if John Cena wanted to do the show, of course, he would be very welcome. He's always okay. welcome on the Animal Talking Couch. All right, well, hopefully he catches this show. See, I don't see John Cena. Be it would be an interesting one because you can't see him, right? Like if, if you have him on Animal Talking, it's going to be an empty, empty chair, you know? Oh, that's you, right. Yeah. To. That that that, that would that would actually make things much easier for us on this end. Actually, yeah, that that is true. Uh, <laughs> what what's up with this beef I'm I'm seeing between you and Jeff Keighley? Because I saw well, I you saw know, that back and look, forth. I, I, I look, Jeff knows what he did. I don't, I don't want to get into it. I'm not going to oh. embarrass him publicly. But uh, someone asked me earlier today, "Are you interested in the um, uh, Xbox Series X reveal yesterday?" And I said I was until I found out that had that Jeff Keighley had something to do with it. As mm-hmm. my 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 excitement for the Xbox Series X is um is 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 surpassed only by the utter contempt i have for jeff Keeley and everything he says and does so unfortunately maybe i can watch it with like the sound off or something so i don't have to listen to his voice i'm very excited about the series x but like Je- jeff and i've got a beef he knows what he did I, I i i just can't have anything to do with him and i've said it before he will never ever ever come ever. on animal talking i wish i wish close the show down before that happens Man, he knows Jeff what he Keeley. did. I, I, why don't you ask Jeff? This, this is not my problem. Ask Jeff what he did. I'm sure Jeff listens to every episode of this show. And Jeff, if you're listening right now, I invite you on to Kind of Funny Games Daily. You can come through. We can invite you on on a Wednesday. You yeah, just not when. No, 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 no. Not when I'm here. I'm not. Not, when, be here. not when you're. you're not, I, I can't you don't be in the same room with the guy. Oh wow! I mean, technically, you are in. You are in the same room, right? Technically, we're, we're, we're via webcam. You know, you can't be. Can you not be in the same chat room? Is that is I, that? I, even no, I can't be in the same virtuals. I can't be in the same metaverse as Jeff Keeley. Wow. Not ha- I'm just not having it, blessing. Jeff Keeley, if you want to give your side of the story on a day where where uh, where Gary Wood isn't here. When I'm not know. here. 
when I'm far we'll get, away. We'll have you on the show. I want to. I, I want to know Jeff Keeley's side of the story and what he thinks of all, all this. I've got beef. I've got beef. I've got beef with uh, bless with uh, with Jeff Keeley blessing, and it's going to take mm. a lot. It's going to take a lot for Jeff Keeley to squash that beef. It's not for me to squash the beef. Jeff needs to squash it. I understand. Uh, second thing I want to address, I know Greg's not here. Greg was supposed to be here on this episode, but we, we looked at the schedule and Greg's just on too many things today. I know you two were supposed to do like an Animal Crossing in-game version of KFGD where you guys both come, come on show as your avatars. And so I'm guessing that's going to be delayed till next week. But if something happens next week to where we get, sh- we get shuffled around again, Gary, I'm going to offer up. I, I, will, I will do that virtual episode with you. Because I have Animal Crossing, I haven't made I, well, a lot of progress. So, bless me. We 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 don't have you booked yet, um, uh, but I want you on. I want all. I want everyone from Kind of Funny on the show, and oh, but dude, I'm going to bring it. them on in the order in which I like them. So, like for example, tonight we have a very big show, a live show, 7 p.m. tonight. Twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. We've got I Justine is going to be on the show, one of the biggest YouTubers oh. in the business. Uh, the guys from Penny Arcade, Jerry and Mike, the creators of PAX, are going to be on the show tonight, and. Our first guest from Kind of Funny, Joey Noel, wow. is going to be live on the show tonight. I asked Twitter, who do, you want, who do you want most from Kind of Funny on the show? And Joey won it in a landslide. So she's yep. going to be on the show next. And then I think I'll bring people on in the order in which I like them. So whoever comes on last, you know, you'll be able to figure something out from that. Gary, where can people catch Animal Talking? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Gary Witter. The shows go out live 9 a.m. Mondays uh, Pacific uh fridays pacific uh 9 a.m and wednesdays at 7 p.m pacific so we have a show at 7 p.m tonight and then if you can't catch the show live you can go to youtube.com slash g witter um and we have all oh. of the and we have all of the shows archived there and you can watch them uh basically on demand wow you have like a whole ecosystem going on you have a whole system i'm telling there. you i'm learning all i'm learning about being a youtuber I'm learning about Twitch streaming. It's been one of the most interesting things about it all has been learning all these new skills. Like we in, in the last week, I, I figured out how to, you know, do lights and cameras and transitions and animations. And Adam's been really, really helpful with all of that. And it's been amazing to get this this talk show um, up on its feet. Uh, and uh, I've I've just been loving it. It's just it just it's a hobby. That's really all I think of it as. We've had I've had been approached by corporate sponsors. I've told them to go away. I don't want their money. I only I just want to have fun doing the show. That's amazing, uh, Gary. Would I look forward to being on Animal Talking someday? Uh, you're you're, you're, you're coming on. All, all we all we need. To, we, listen, I know you're a busy man, busy man. Blessing, but we'll work around your schedule. We are going to get you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. Gary, today's stories include EA having a big year, Cyberpunk letting you play with your balls, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. It'll make sense when we, once we get there. Uh, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show now it's time for some housekeeping of course the core stream is happening core of course is a game where you whip up your own multiplayer video games publish them and play them with the world uh thursday that's tomorrow at 3 p.m pacific time join andy greg and the developers of core as they make games and test them out with you that's right go download the core alpha right now at coregames.com and you can play whatever they create live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games follow at core games on twitter for updates 
our reaction to the new Last of Us 2 story trailer is now live. Uh, YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Gary, did you, did you get to catch that last Last of Us 2 trailer? No, The Last of Us 2 is a game that I have on full media blackout. I don't want to see anything until I play the game. That's my Fair. attitude. Fair enough. I, I'm kind of of the same mind, but of course, we're kind of funny. We love to react to things. And so I, I, made, I made the exception uh, for this Last of Us 2 I mean, it's your and... job. You got, you, your job is to react to you know, the trending exactly. content. I, 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 I've made a choice. Uh, that I don't want to see anything until I actually play the game. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like the new trailer gives much away? Because that's my problem often with trailers. They give too much away. It 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 doesn't give too much away, but I would say, like, if you want to go in blind, just go in blind. Like, the, the, the trailer does grant a little bit of context to what's going on, and it does probably, like, show the game's hands a little bit. But overall, like, I'm not coming out of the trailer knowing exactly what's happening by any means. Like, it doesn't do the thing where it's like, oh, I know I know the story now. Like the trailer does a good job it. of kind of keeping his cards close to the chest. We're actually so, working on getting I, uh, Neil Druckmann and some of the other people from The Last of Us 2 on the show when the game drops. We're going to do a special Last of Us oh. 2 uh, episode. Oh, yeah. We're working on it right now. Man, big moves being made here. Um, remember, we're reacting live to this week's Inside Xbox to show off games for next gen. That's happening tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games before Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mom and Muhammad and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Manscaped, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories next. A baker's dozen! Starting with number one, which is kind of a boring one, but at the same time kind of, uh, kind of an interesting one. Uh, EA is having a big year. Uh, there was a big old EA um, investor call where they kind of they kind of gave details about how their year's, year has gone and, and uh, they kind of gave some some of the vision for their future at least for the, for fiscal year 2021. Um, and so I'm pulling this from Rebecca Valentine at GamesIndustry.biz who writes: After a disappointing 2019, EA forecasted a rebound in fiscal 2020 led by live service games like Apex Legends, The Sims 4, and its annual sports uh, titles. And let me stop there. Uh, and give more context. Fiscal 2020 for EA just ended. And so we just entered fiscal 2021. And so EA is kind of ahead by a year when you look at their, their fiscal year. And so when we're talking about fiscal 2020, we're talking about the year that just ended for EA. To continue the article, though, it appears to have forecasted accurately, with the company reporting its Q4 and full-year earnings for 2020, showing year-on-year -year revenue and bookings increases increases, the lion's share of which were from digital and live services. For the quarter, EA reports digital net revenue of $1.2 billion, it's up 25% year over year, and making up 88% of its total net revenue of $1.4 billion. Operating income for Q4 reached $401 million, up 105% year over year. Total net bookings in the quarter were $1.2 billion, made up of $211 million in full game downloads, that's up 25% year over year, $832 million from live services, which is up 17%, and $176 million from mobile, that's down 3%. With the company's mobile revenues declining, EA noted in its, in its earnings that in fiscal 2021, it'll adjust its reporting on net bookings to focus on full games and live service bookings only. Grouping in mobile in an other category, quote, in line with the new direct or in line with the direction we continue to drive the business, end quote. For the full year, EA saw digital net revenue of $4.3 billion, up from $3.7 billion last year, and total net revenue of $5.5 billion, up from 
$4.95 billion last year and a new record for the company. Net income for the year reached $3 billion, considerably up from last year's $1 billion with the aid of a, of a one-time tax benefit. Operating income reached $1.4 billion. Digital net bookings for fiscal 2020 were up $4 billion, uh, up 9% year over year and making up 78% of the company's total net bookings, which were $5.2 billion. Last year, digital net bookings made up 75% of total net bookings and 68% the year before that. Additionally, EA shared that FIFA 2020 has reached over 25 million unique players and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has over 10 million unique players. Looking ahead, EA anticipates Q1 net revenues of $1.2 billion, net income of $270 million, and net bookings of $1 billion with Burnout, Burnout Paradise Remastered and Command & Conquer Remastered currently set to release during that period. For the full year, the company, this, we're talking about the upcoming year now. For the full year, the company projects net revenue of $5.5 billion, uh, net income of $978 million, and net bookings of $5.5 billion, with Madden NFL 21 and FIFA 21 planned for Q2 and NHL 21 planned for Q3. Additionally, EA plans to announce and release additional EA, uh, an additional EA Sports title, an EA HD title, four titles from third-party partners, two mobile soft launches, Medal of Honor VR, and expansions onto next-gen platforms for current EA titles. Quote, this year, the phasing includes the effect of revenue recognition from the games we are launching for the current generation of consoles. That can also be upgraded free for the next generation, end quote, said COO Blake Jorgensen. And so to boil all that down, because I know I just said a lot and all that was a bunch of numbers and a bunch of boring shit. Um, to boil that down, EA... Right, has had a banger year due to live service games. Right, that's one. Two, EA plans to release 14 games over the next 11 months. Right, which is big. Uh, there's going to be an additional EA Sports title, which I don't believe we've gotten word on yet. And then uh, EA is going to have free up upgrades for their current gen games on next gen titles, which is or on next gen consoles, I should say, uh, which is kind of the big hitter, I'd, I'd say, from this story. Gary, does any of that do anything for you? No, it was very boring. Yeah, fair enough. I, you know. I, I about, about halfway through that. Um, by the way, I don't know why my video is coming through mirrored on Discord. You're actually seeing a mirror image. Oh, of me I, right I, I did that on oh, purpose yeah, that so that you're angled the right way. Oh, you just want me to be facing the right way? Okay, well, whatever, whatever works for you. Kevin. Do you want me you're to unmirror you? I'm just here to, you no, say I'm the just word. Here to serve, I'm, here, I'm here to serve you, Kevin. Whatever you want. I'm just saying. You, you say the word, I'll unmirror you. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't make any difference. Um, no, that was very boring. About halfway through that blessing, you started to sound like the teacher from the Peanuts cartoons. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Um, EA, EA has made a lot of money. Okay. Yep. What's the next story? See, to me, the thing that makes this interesting is, one, the live service thing, right? Like, how does that then affect how EA operates going forward? The idea that the, over the last year, right, you look at The Sims, you look at Apex, you look at the sports games, and this isn't that... This isn't necessarily something entirely new for EA, right? Them making a lot of money off of live games. Like, that's kind of been the story of their generation. Um, but I think with this this year being, like, one of their most more successful years, right? I think this then signals that they're going to stick to this. Uh, even yeah. With the four, even with the 14 games they have announced uh, over the next 11 months, right? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily see them making, like, 
uh, like a, a new Mirror's Edge, for example, right? It seems like they're. It seems like they right. found a comfortable spot with the games they ha- they have been making. No, um, you're right. Look, I I, yeah. I don't mean to I don't mean to be uh, facetious. Um, which, by the way, is one of the only words in the English language that has all the vowels in the correct order. Um, oh, I really? Why, I didn't know. I don't know why I thought to tell you that. Um, but you know, <laughs> That's yeah, a cool fact. That was cool. That was really cool. <laughs> um yeah i mean look you can actually divine some things from this you can obviously ea is going to go where the money is and if they're making money in live service games they're going to continue um to do that uh so yeah expect to see more live service games for expect to see them doubling down it's no surprise in this context that the ea is trying right now to reboot and reinvent anthem right because if they if if anthem 2.0 can get it right then they can actually mm-hmm. start making money at that they, they screwed it up the first time um but maybe they can get it right on the on the first bounce and i hope so because i'd love anthem to be a success i don't like to see people fail uh as someone engaged in the creative arts it's agonizing when something you put a lot of work in uh to uh crashes and burns and if they're gonna if they can take another uh, there's nothing we like more than a good redemption story right so if anthem comes back and is actually great I, I no one would be more thrilled than I. Well, I think EA would probably more be, be more thrilled than me, but I would be thrilled for them. Uh, and, and I think, and I think you're definitely going to see that happening uh, because again, li- live services is where the money is, and and the more EA uh, realizes that, as they obviously are, because they're looking at the numbers, the more they're going to double down. And again, the question is, are they learning how to do live service in a better way that isn't that doesn't have aggressive monetization? That doesn't have just an endless loot grind that that makes people miserable. They have to find way. Mm-hmm. They they they've, we, they haven't learned yet how to do live service right. They've, what they've learned is there is gold in them dark hills. There is money to be made in live service gaming, and so they are going to go hard into that. And so they, in order to go hard into it successfully, they are going to have to learn how to do live service right. Everyone does. No one really knows how to do live service right yet. We're getting better at it all the time because it's a new me. It's a new form of of gaming. Uh, and mm-hmm. we're still figuring out like where the where you know where the what the parameters are and how to do it right and whenever you overstep the mark. So they're working on it. Uh, I hope I hope they get it right. I like when live service games work and they and they're good. I really like them. Yeah, I I, I think it's when when the when it comes down to live service games, right? And how do we like EA's process of of figuring out that um, how to make those work, right? Like I I think for them, really it comes down to going like looking at each game as unique as opposed to trying trying to treat all live live service games the same because if you look at battlefront 2 which came out a couple years ago and had that huge controversy with uh loot boxes and that was really the game that really like sparked like the the big uproar in terms of loot boxes and how we treat them and you know them being predatory uh, especially the kids i think you look at you look at battlefront 2 and you and you and you see that oh they took this from like fifa ultimate team right they took this from right like their sports titles right and you know, you look at something like Anthem, and it very much seems like EA just didn't just didn't and doesn't necessarily know how to grapple with this type of live service game, right? I, like you kind of got to treat everything as individual and everything as unique. I think um, because the way that people are going to approach playing a game like FIFA is different from like the way people are going to approach playing a game like Anthem. You can't right. like put out you can't put out Anthem and treat it like it's like it's FIFA and expect right. the same results. And so I think for EA, like you look at you know in the in the talk of live service games and as in in uh their evolution and uh kind of where we're at with with i guess video games as a whole right like i look at games like well i look at ubisoft as a publisher and i'm like yeah it seems like they they pretty much got things figured out in terms of what a live service game means to them like rainbow six siege just got a 10 from GameSpot uh earlier this week 
uh, as like an updated review because they figured out their flow flow with that game. That game was at a place where it's incredible because right. Ubisoft kind of kind of figured out that formula for them. For right. EA, I, I think they just have to figure out like, all right, what does what is our what are, what are our core values for us as a business and how we operate in in making our games last a long time in a way that doesn't feel predatory. Uh, and for EA, I think they have kind of a long way to go before they reach the point where it feels like everything is balanced with them. Um, right now, it does feel like they are they often throw things at a wall to see what sticks. And Anthem is one of those things that didn't stick and that left a very bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah. And by the way, I think it's great that, um, that uh, the review sites are going back and revisiting games as they evolve, you know, because games games aren't a static thing anymore. It's not like, you know, back in the Nintendo, Super Nintendo days or whatever, you get a cartridge and that game that you bought was going to be the same game for the next for, for its lifetime like the cartridge game would never change now of course games evolve and they're patched dlc and there's all kinds of improvements that are constantly made like um my my guess is i don't play rainbow six siege but my guess is that rainbow six siege that you play today is in many ways unrecognizable from the version that came out at launch so i think it makes sense for the review sites to go back and revisit them and give them a score that represents what the game is today and just on the whole live service issue again you're right like what works in fifa may not work in anthem but i think there are general um principles like if they, if, if ea figures out for example a way to do loot boxes that people actually like and, do, and doesn't turn off their audience and ea can make money doing it it could be that that principle is a universal principle that can be applied to other games uh but obviously yes yeah, so, certain so like ultimate team like how do you make that work in anthem like that's not something that can cross over but i do think um, this is an emergent form of game design. Live service games are a new thing. And there's mm-hmm. all kinds of new game design principles and new uh, best practices that game designers have to learn to make the live service games work well. And they're looking, you know, you know, you know EA is looking at Ubisoft, which is looking at Activision. And they're all, you know, learning from one another and from their own, you know, from the games that they have inside uh, their own uh, stable uh and you know they're they're gonna get they're gonna get better at it and i'm excited to see that this new genre of game evolve the nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says happy widow wednesday in a surprising turn of events ea has announced that their upcoming games can be upgraded for free for next gen systems on the ps5 and xbox series x now we know that xbox has their smart delivery system and this is where we get into my two questions one, could this be the first sign that Sony has a similar idea up their sleeve? Finally, with the idea of upgrading games for free for new consoles, do you believe that the idea of a new console generation having having weak lineups will be a thing of the past? Now that we'll have our previous our entire previous generation's library running better on our current system moving forward, particularly particularly with Xbox, but not uh, or but TBD with Sony. Thanks, the nanobiologist. So let's look at that first part of the question first, right? Like, um. Uh, could this be a, could this be the first sign that Sony has a similar idea up their sleeve? Talking about smart delivery, I hope so because I, I I think what Xbox has been talking about in terms of smart delivery has been great. I love it. I love the idea of smart delivery. The idea that I can that I can pick up, um, you know, a, a Assassin's Creed Valhalla for Xbox One, uh, but when if and when I get my Series X. I'm going to have the series. It's going to it's going to automatically upgrade it to the beefier version or play on Series X. That's fantastic. I love the fact that we're not going to have to buy games twice. And I think that I said this on the show before. That is such a gauntlet thrown down uh, by Microsoft at Sony's feet that Sony kind of has to pick it up, right? You know, it, there's going to be a battle. Not just this is not just going to be a, a battle of tech specs and teraflops in the new generation. It's going to be about quality quality of life. What, you know, what what's the what's the experience actually like on this platform? 
Um, and if Xbox One is saying, hey, you can buy one copy of Valhalla and it will work on Xbox One and Series X, but over on PlayStation, you've got to buy it on PS4 and then rebuy it on PS5. That's a major, major advantage that Xbox has over Sony. So I, I, I think Sony, had, they'll, they'll come up with their own, you know, a trademarked name for it. But yeah, I think they have to match that move. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is more evidence that Sony has some sort of answer to smart delivery. Like me and Greg have talked about this on the show uh, previously in terms of uh, smart delivery and like how does that look like versus backwards compatibility, for example. And the conversation kind of always get gets muddy the deeper and deeper we kind of dive into like the differences between the between the two. Um, but yeah, like as a simple concept, right? Being able to buy a game once and then having that game available on your next gen system and also your current gen system and having being able to play the best version of that game anywhere, right? Like that's a big perk on the Xbox side. And EA coming out and saying that, yeah, like our games are going to be available for free or not for free, but uh, you'll be able to upgrade for free for next generation if you say buy FIFA 21 uh, on your current console. That then tells me that there is some sort of solution for, for PlayStation. Right, like, cause you you imagine that they're doing that. They don't explicitly say smart delivery um, in in the story, but you imagine that EA's way of doing that on Xbox at least will probably be smart delivery, unless they have their own solution. And if that's the case, then they must have. There must be some sort of solution for PlayStation to make that happen. Speaking um, speaking of um, you know the the coming console wars and and what and what is Sony going to offer you know ahead of Microsoft and what are going to be the competing offers? I saw this rumor the other day, and I think it was on a very dodgy site, like the kind of site that that prints rumors without any verification. But I don't know if you heard it, but there was a rumor going around that the, that the new PlayStation Store on PlayStation 5 is almost going to be like Stadia where you can jump into any, like any game that's on offer in the store, you can jump in and like oh. immediately play a demo of it. Like it's just immediately live in a Google Stadia kind of way. So you can like instantly try a game before you buy it. And like, I don't know if I believe that again, the, the site that posted it wasn't really a site that had a lot. I was like, I don't know about this site. This doesn't seem like there's a lot of credibility to the reporting here, but mm-hmm. I thought, Hey, if that's true, that would actually be really cool. I really, really miss the days. Like in Xbox 360, Microsoft had a rule: every single game that went up, you had to have a demo. It had it, yeah. was, it was like you couldn't put you couldn't put a game up without a demo. Um, and I and I kind of miss those days. And I wish I wish they would come back. So I don't know if you've heard that rumor, but I've, it seems like I've, it would be cool if it were true. I've not heard that rumor, but I bet you that's at the very least something that they've tried to figure out. Right, because like right. that's a complaint that you hear from everybody. I was listening to a podcast that I, that I like called Bodega Boys, which isn't a video game podcast. It's literally just just a comedy podcast from Desus and Mero, the TV personalities. And you know, they the the topic of video games came up, and like even that there they were complaining like, oh yeah, man, like I miss like I miss when I could just put like put on a, a, a video game and not have to like wait forever for this game to download right like that's a that's a common theme that has kind of grown over the last couple of generations right with the advent of video game downloads and updates and all these things and i and stadia very much has it as a selling point and i don't know if that selling point has really hit home for them but they've had it in their advertising right that hey you can just you can be watching a trailer for a game on youtube and click a button and all of a sudden jump right into the game game, yeah immediately yeah and i don't know if stadia works that way i don't it doesn't it doesn't yet like you know stadia is still offering like its functionality is still like the barest of bare bones all the features that they promised us many of them are things that are still being promised down the road but stadia and this has been the big promise stadia stadia really launched you know, long before it was ready to take out of the oven. And it, it needed much longer before they launched it. And now they're playing catch up and fighting all this negative publicity. 
if that if that's something that Google has seen and ha- has taken notice of and has tried to apply to their marketing of Stadia, then it's something that I I imagine that both Xbox and PlayStation have taken a look at and probably tried to figure out ways to make yeah. that, that experience. I would, I would, and they just have just ways in general, to make it happen. Just in general, I would love to see game demos make a, I think it's because it's a lot of extra hassle for the developer to build a demo or even carve out like a, a, a special piece of the game just to make available as a demo. And depending on the kind of game, not all games are really well suited for demos, but I would really like to get to a point where there are de- basically demo versions of games are back. So you can, you can play them uh before you try before you buy and if there is a stadia type way in which you could just instantly like click on and like immediately the game is the first 10 minutes of the game or whatever you can play and get a feel of it before you before you commit to buying that would be brilliant but honestly i'd be happy to have game demos come back just in the old-fashioned like download this demo would be good for me i mean both i mean sony has uh I was going to say Gaikai, but they have PlayStation Now, right, which is their streaming technology. Uh, right. Xbox has xCloud, right, which is their yeah. streaming technology. Yeah, so the, so the back end is there. The question is, can it's they there. apply it to the demos in the store? That would be really cool. Yeah, and part of me thinks, at the very least, we'll see one of them try it. I, I I bet you if we if like if if it's not the case that we see it see it soon, then they probably tried it and they just couldn't they, like they couldn't make it worth it uh, in order right. to make it work in their store. I hear you. Story number two. Cyberpunk lets you customize your genitals. This comes from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. And this is all referencing earlier when I said Cyberpunk is letting you play with your balls. Uh, Joe Scrubbles writes this. The ESRB has published its rating report for Cyberpunk 2077, which includes new bit, a, a new bit of information about the game's character creator. You can now customize your, players, your player character's genitals. Per the report, quote, players can select a gender and customize their character. Customization can include depictions of breasts, buttocks and genitalia as well as various sizes and combinations of genital of, of genitals end quote okay. this would appear to be part of cd project red's decision to not include a traditional gender option in the game instead offering a quote really inclusive expanded character customization menu the report also makes mention of in-game purchases but cd project red has subsequently told ign that these refer to the ability to buy future dlc expansions for the game not microtransactions quote as we've seen before Cyberpunk 2077 is a single-player game with no microtransactions. The ESRB info is based on the fact that the, that expansions require the the base game and are therefore treated as a purchase by the rating board. And this is said by a spokesperson for CD Projekt Red. Much of the report, which awards the game an M17 Plus rating, focuses on the adult content mentioned in the previous Australian ratings report, including suggested suggested sexual actions, extreme violence and gore, and swearing. Quote. Players can encounter events where where they have to have the option to engage in sexual activities with other main characters or prostitutes, says the report. These brief sex scenes from a first-person perspective depict partially nude characters moaning suggestively while moving through various positions. Some scenes contain brief depictions of thrusting motions. Other scenes depict a character's head moving towards a partner's crotch, end quote. Gary, do, does this do anything for you? Do you have any interest interest in customizing your character's genitals in Cyberpunk? I, I, I kind of had a I kind of had a similar reaction as you were reading that piece to the reaction I have when like Tim or Greg talk about shaving their balls in one of those manscaping commercials. Oh, get ready do. for it! Get ready yeah. for it! Yeah, <laughs> That's coming up. Um, okay, sure. Why not? I don't have a problem with it. Uh, it, it I, I think that's kind of cool. Look, look, body modification and that kind of stuff. That's all part of like the cyber cyberpunk milieu, right? So why not? Why not give people those options? This is a story that's going to get a lot of um, 
a lot of a press because the, the deep down we're all 10 year old school kids right <laughs> he said but he said dick he said poopy that's funny like your bodily functions and genitals and things like that are for some reason hilarious and we all always like talking about them when you know the horse balls were swinging around in red dead redemption we all thought that was great and hilarious and it got a lot of news coverage um i'm sure the people at cd project red knew that this was going to get a, a lot of news coverage it does sound like um the romance options and the, and the and the and the and the kind of the intimate scenes in this game are going to go to the next level beyond like you know mass effect or whatever which was very you know it was suggestive but it didn't really like yeah you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like graphic or anything i don't think this i don't think this will be hardcore either but i think it's i think like it's going to be like the next the next level up yeah i mean or do you down think depending get, on which way you, you look at it do you think it's going to get news stories the way that mass effect did because when mass effect had those sex scenes right that was like a thing on like fox news and cnn of like oh yeah look at like video games are allowing you to simulate sex that was like a big news point but do you feel like we're we're kind of past that at at this point like it's been like what 10 years uh since since we had since mass effect kind of made that splash uh in the media no i i, I mean do, do, do i think we're past the point we're gonna where we're where we're having juvenile reactions every time we hear about boobies or or, or dicks in a video game no we'll, ne- we'll the human race will never evolve beyond that point we will mm-hmm. we, in the in the year 3000 we will be playing cyberpunk 3077 and it will be in some kind of playstation 9 holographic you know crystal sphere no, that beams the images directly into your brain and we'll still be going ha i saw the guy's dick like that's never going to change I can't wait for the PlayStation Nine. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm all of what was mentioned in this in this ESRB write up, right? I'm I'm down for it as long as as it's handled correctly, right? Like the idea of being able to uh, choose your genitals and like customize them, all this stuff, right? Like, I mean, I think that then allows for more inclusivity, which could be cool, right? Being able to yeah, and I, and, I, and I think and I think that's true true as well. I think one of the things they got into a little bit of hot water about this. I remember like last year when the when the first press news of this, like how they were handling gender and non you know non-binary gender issues and body modification and stuff like that and it, you know it's it's a you know it's 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 a tightrope that they're walking because they need they, they they need to do it in in the right way where they don't you know piss anybody off yeah. um but they're, they're playing in that sandbox and if they do it right it could be really cool so i'm gonna wait and see yeah and that's my thing right it could be really cool and it could be really progressive and really forward-looking and could include so many people which could make this a very beautiful thing on the other hand i hope they just don't fuck it up and like make it insensitive in a way where it's like you know now we're you're we're making fun of people for their genitals or something like that right like i, I hope they're able to kind of pull this off in a way where it's like do you, okay, do you cool, think no. it would have like gameplay ramifications like for example if you give yourself like a massive massive dong would that change the romance of, uh, options that are available to you for example or is oh. it going to be purely cosmetic that's a good question like, I like now don't i i got you thinking yeah. Like I thought, I thought where you're gonna go is like you have you, you have a big dick, so you can't go as fast. But you're, but like the idea. Oh of, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like encumbrance, like they have in role. You can only carry so much, you know. Yeah, but the idea of the way you customize your genitals then like affects your your romance options. I feel like that's I feel like that's a very that's very much a deeper conversation that I'm sure like they have to wrestle with over there. And I don't I don't know if they go that deep. I think for them, they just kind of play the safe route and just probably let you romance whoever you want, um, and don't like. Because I, I feel like whenever you can, you kind of apply restrictions to that, that feel like they're restrictive just for the sake of being restrictive. People kind of are rubbed the wrong way. Like Persona Five, for example. Persona Five, you're you're playing as your own main character who you name and all this stuff, and you are basically able to romance 
pretty much every female character in that game if you want to, but you can't right. romance any of the, any of the male characters. I know there are some people that 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 weren't into that, that didn't really like the idea of that. Um, and, yeah, and the and the original Persona Five was like aggressively anti-gay. They had those really kind of stereotypical gay characters that I believe in in Royal. I believe they've taken those characters yeah. out or changed in them. Royal. In Royal, they they've changed it a bit so that the the gay characters in Persona Five, for the ones that you're talking about, like they basically were kind of predatory uh and there it was it was kind of, it was kind of definitely like a oh this is kind of a gross depiction of gay people um in persona 5 real they changed that a bit so that is they they don't come off as predatory they just come off as more so like like i, I haven't gotten there yet so i don't know the exact way they do it but they they fix things from what i from what i understand right and so yeah for for cyberpunk i imagine they 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 let you customize your genital your genitals and do all that stuff but i, I don't imagine that they make relationship stuff restrictive based on that i didn't i don't usually look at the chat but i haven't just happened to glance at it and crush lemon says i hope i can put lasers on my dick that's an See, idea i'd be into that yeah I'd I mean, be you, into can, that. you can you can you can you know one of the things is you can like add you know custom uh technology like body modifications to your body like you know put like the chips in your arm and stuff like that why not why not put a laser on your dick maybe you could use it as a weapon i mean i i did you ever play deus ex the the modern deus yeah X of course game? yeah back in the yeah, day like, like those those games, the the modern ones deal a lot with body augmentation and like replacing replacing parts of your bodies and making them kind of like upgrades for your character. I'd be down with a dick upgrade, you know. Like, oh, I mean, I think we all would. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Story number three, Gary. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath is the game's year two expansion. I'm pulling this from Alessandro Filari at Gamespot. Who writes, NetherRealm Studios' Mortal Kombat 11 recently celebrated its first anniversary, and the developers even teased that more content was on the way for the evolving fighting game. Now, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath has been revealed, and it's the first expansion of its kind for the franchise. In addition to adding three new characters, including the next guest character, Robocop, it also includes new stages, stage fatality, fatalities and friendships, and, unexpectedly, more story content. Releasing on May 26th for PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Stadia, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath will mark the beginning of year two content for NetherRealm's fighting game. For the first time in the series, Mortal Kombat will see an expansion uh, to, to the game's existing main story, which will bring recurring antagonist Shang Tsung to the forefront, set immediately after MK11's conclusion. The new epilogue storyline for MK11 Aftermath will introduce much of the new content coming to MK11, which, include, which, which includes revisits to classic stages like MK2's Deadpool and MK3's Soul Chamber. In addition, Aftermath will bring, bring back stage fatalities and friendships, which will end grotesque matches on a much lighter note. Aftermath will also bring back classic fighters like the Wind God Fujin and, and the Shokan warrior uh, Shiva. Who's been absent? Who've both been absent from the from the roster for, for roster for quite some time? I can't talk. Uh, continuing with the tradition of introducing guest characters, with previous MK11 guests being Spawn, the Joker, and the Terminator, Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath will see the arrival of the first guest character for Year Two, Detroit's own cyborg police officer Robocop. Originally from the hyperviolent 1987 action film uh, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Uh, Robocop is a well-armed and immensely powerful action hero, which makes him an excellent fit for MK. Though details are scarce on how he'll fight, the original film's actor Peter Weller will, rep will reprise the role for his appearance in MK11 for complete authenticity. Uh, Gary, are you, are you a big fan of Robocop at all? Oh, a huge fan of Robocop. In fact, I know Peter Weller. Uh, a few years ago, uh, myself and a comic book uh, uh, writer by the name of Ron Mars 
um, did a little charity uh, project to try and uh, raise money for uh, uh, food banks in Detroit because they were really struggling uh, in Detroit with their uh, you know f- uh, food security situation. Um, and we did a uh, we created something called Robo Charity, and we actually got Peter Weller to uh, come and record a little video for us to help promote the charity. And I got to go. To, I went to LA and I met him, spent the morning with him. He was super nice, and he did a whole really cool video where he he, he, he uh, uh, promoted the charity. And then at the end, because I specifically asked him to do it, I'll find the video for you. He he, he points to the, looks at the camera, and goes, "Thank you for your cooperation." And I was like, "Oh, that's so oh cool." And so Peter Weller is a great guy. He's he, he, There's really no other voice for uh, RoboCop. It's cool that they brought him back into the game. Uh, my question is, how do they... RoboCop's a tough character because he's not in the, in the movies, he's not very mobile. He's slow. He can't jump. I wonder if there have been some game, uh, some oh. game design challenges in converting him into a Mortal Kombat character that can do all the moves that he needs to do but still feel like RoboCop. Kevin, are you able to to find and pull up the trailer for MK11 Aftermath? I can sure. see if I can find I'll, a link I'll for work you. on it right now, my man. Because I haven't seen the trailer, I imagine that there there's probably gameplay in there for us to look at and see. Because yeah, like for M- MK, I think traditionally, or at least for these modern games, isn't the fastest of fighting games, especially MK11. I feel like MK11 is kind of slower, um, and so you're able to kind of have heavier characters like Shiva. Uh, which was mentioned as a new character for this DLC. Shiva historically is like a heavier character, right? She's kind of like she's kind of like Goro a bit, where Goro is like this huge giant with four arms uh, in Mortal Kombat, and they do a pretty good job of uh, making characters that are like you know big, have a lot of have a lot of like weight to them, and are able to kind of move slow but still be powerful. I wonder if RoboCop is going to be in line with like you know you know what I really want to see. You know what I want to see more than anything. I want to see RoboCop's fatalities. Oh, they're going to be incredible. They're going like, to be amazing. Do you think he has that spike that comes out of his arm? You know, the thing that he uses, there's like a spike that he uses to interface with computers, but he also likes to stab people in the neck with it. That'd be good. I'm sure he's going to have every single, he's going to have every iconic Uh, Robocop thing, I guarantee it. So guys, really quick, there won't be audio because I have to change the configuration a bit, but also it's probably music. All right, let's let's take a look. This is is the trailer they just dropped? I believe so. Is it it muted for the audience also? Yes. Perfect. Okay. Um, in that case, you might be able to just like scroll through the game because this look like looks like story stuff, which I'm also very excited for. Once again, I I, I haven't watched the the trailer yet, um, just because you know I have Mortal Kombat 11. Wait, I haven't played it right here. I'm not good at fighting games, but maybe I should bust it out and at least play the story mode because I hear the story mode's really good. The story mode is fantastic, and I think it's it, they do a very good job of making it succinct and accessible in a way where. Like it's only like what, like four or five hours long, I believe. If Robocop so is in this trailer, in and out. I guarantee you it's only like it's like a two second thing at the end, like solid snake. There, there you go. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Oh man. God, it looks good. Oh, yeah. so, that's oh what, it looks yeah, like they didn't show the gameplay. Best for last. That reminds me of the Smash Brothers reveal when they when they first revealed Solid Snake. Yeah. No, Mortal Kombat has been doing the, a like, great save job. Save it to the end. They've been doing a lot of. They've been been doing a great job with how they reveal their their guest characters. Is and that Shang Tsung? That's Shang Tsung, yeah. And then that's a big deal having Shang Tsung back in the game. Yeah, he was back in as a DLC character, but now he's actually back in. And it looks, and he, it looks like it's the actor from the Mortal Kombat movie. I think it is. Yes, it is. It's the same oh, that's voice so actor. Cool. Or, yeah, he's the, he's voice acting. For it looks Shang like they Tsung. modeled his face as well because that's what I'm going on. I can't hear the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's how they did it. I love um, it. I love it. I have, a, I have a question here from the five-star man who writes in and says, Happy Widow Wednesday. Today we got the reveal trailer for Mortal Kombat Aftermath. 
This came with more than just the new story content teased yesterday, but also characters, skins, stages, friendships, and more. With Robocop being added to the roster, joining Joker, Spawn, and Terminator as guest characters, I'm curious if, if there is anyone uh, you think would fit in the MK universe. Um, and he says, sorry, Greg, Tiny Wado would be too OP. Thanks for everything and stay safe, the five-star man. Gary, I know you, you said you haven't dived into Mortal Kombat 11 yet. Is there a character that like that you would want for the game either way? It's a really good question. I'm thinking about it now. And, I, you know, I, I think that I will say this in advance. Like the ones that they have added, I think have been great. Like I'm, I'm not a, a particular yeah. fan of Spawn as a character. Uh, but, you know, Terminator is cool. Robocop is cool. The Joker is cool. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, because obviously there's all there's licensing issues as well. And there's a lot of stuff that has to get figured out before they can bring these characters uh, into the game. Someone said Eli in the chat. How about that? Eli with his machete, that'd be pretty cool. Oh man, yeah, I, I think chopping off heads. My, I, I, I would like the Doom Marine to be in Mortal Kombat. I feel like he would be a good fit. I know people ask him for Smash all the time, but I feel like Ed Boone Mortal Kombat would be up the more of that alley. Ed Boone, if you are interested, I can hook you up with the people who own the Eli character, and I can get that. I, I can make that hook up. Oh. Give me a call. Give me a jingle. Give me a jingle. Ed, yeah, Give us a jingle, Ed. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I for Mortal Kombat, right? I'm thinking of I'm trying to think of people that are super violent, right? And for and also like Mortal Kombat is being published by uh, WB, right? And so they have access to those properties. So like, could a Lord yeah. of the Ring character, you, you, you know, know what, you well, know what, though, a Mad Max you, character, you, you know, you know what though, blessing. It's actually not as easy as you think. You think these giant, you think these mega companies, right? You th- say, for example, and by the way, now now that I've thought of this, this is this is my answer. This is the answer in terms of the character that I most want uh, in Mortal Kombat 11. Let's say, for example, they said, okay, we want to add Joey from Friends as a playable character in Mortal Kombat 11. How are you doing? Like, that would be part of his... He would say, how are you doing? And and then he'd, like, rip your spine out. That would be awesome. I'd Um, be in that. Right? Now, you'd think that would be easy because Joey from Friends is a character that is owned by Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. And so is the game. But these companies are so big and they're all separated into these separate silos and pods that like just because it's all the same company, it doesn't necessarily mean that they play well together. Like the Warner Brothers television people might say to Warner Brothers games, eh, you know, how much are you going to pay us? We don't want to do it. They are essentially separate companies uh, with, mm-hmm. with separate accounting, but they, they're all under the same corporate umbrella. But just because they're under the same corporate umbrella doesn't necessarily mean that Ed Boone could just walk into the Warner Brothers archive and put like Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca in Mortal Kombat 11. Like there's mm-hmm. still a whole thing that you have to go through to make that work. But no, yeah, Joey, Joey, my friend, Joey from Friends would be my answer. I also he would say, "How are you doing?" And then he would rip your spine <laughs> out and go, "Not too good, apparently." Like that would be great. I would Perfect. love to see that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to throw out Voldemort from Harry Potter. Like that's All like right, another, sure. another WB one, right? And like, yeah. But like, I I feel like when you look at Mortal Kombat, right? Like the the thing that Mortal Kombat has going for it is super violent, but then also like magic and all like all this different supernatural stuff i feel like voldemort even though harry potter isn't super violent i feel like i feel like you could you could let voldemort get like a little bit violent you know let voldemort... i mean if you're gonna bring any character in from harry potter it would have to be the villain right yeah exactly and so like let voldemort get in there let voldemort like tear people apart let voldemort say fuck you know let voldemort live uh that's what i would like to see Story number four, uh, and this is our last news story for the day. Gameplay footage for a canceled Prince of Persia game has been on YouTube for years and nobody noticed until now. Uh, Kevin, I have the video for you here, and we might be like risking risking it all 
if we if we want to play this video in the background. Um, but you know, it might be worth it because this is very interesting. What's interesting going stuff. on here? Canceled so Prince there, of Persia game. Yeah, so there's a canceled Prince of Persia game that had gameplay that was uploaded to YouTube eight years ago and nobody noticed. Um, okay, I'm pulling. I, I I I'm pulling this from Daniel Ahmad on Twitter because that's where I first saw this, and I think he might be the one that serviced it. But yeah, he tweeted this morning. Uh, so apparently, there has been a video for from a canceled Prince of Persia game up on YouTube for eight years, and nobody noticed till today. Looks cool, TBH, and it's called Prince of Persia Redemption. And then Jonathan Cooper, who's a game animator, responded to Daniel saying, "Wow, I haven't <laughs> seen this in ages. Amazing work from animation director uh, Kai Nguyen uh, for." from the for honor from the, i guess he's from the for honor team uh, amazing work from him and team this target game footage pre-rendered game uh, game pitch uh, inspired our own pitch for Assassin's creed 3 as, as they did such a great job making it look like real gameplay so what we're looking at here is pre-rendered gameplay footage um for a canceled prince of persia game i don't know if you're this was up persia for ages person. and just nobody noticed this is up for eight years and wow. i went to it and only had like a thousand and something views and that that was huh. like after it was posted on so Twitter. Well, 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 so why is it suddenly popping off now? Like, does, like what happened? I think somebody just found it and was like, "Hey, this looks like Prince of Persia," and then realized what it was. And I think just posted on Twitter today. Interesting. But it's like a, a a fun a fun tidbit for for you all. This is a canceled Prince of Persia game that just never never came out. I mean, I you know now that now that we're thinking, we had, we actually had Jordan Mechner, uh, the creator of Prince of Persia, on the show um, on Monday. And uh, I asked him like what he's up to. I and he's working. He's not obviously not in a position to say anything. But uh, I'm, I wouldn't be at all surprised if more Prince of Persia games were in the works because it is a big franchise. And I was a big fan. of I don't know if you if you played Sands of Time when Prince of Persia first made its big comeback, but it was fantastic. It was a really great game, and the whole thing with like the dagger being able to reverse time. It was a really clever um, gameplay mechanic, and it was one of the first games to kind of introduce wall running, which, you know, we see wall running in every game now. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was very pioneering in the same way that the first Prince of Persia was, and it's super cool. And now that I'm thinking about it, a Prince of Persia style, a Prince of Persia game in an Assassin's Creed style, like open world, that would be fantastic. I would love that. Yeah, and looking at this gameplay footage, like, I, I watched it. It looks like, that looks like that was, that's what they were going for, right? Yeah, and, and, and it looks incredible, right? Like, the style of it, the... the and like, this is eight years old. Like, Imagine what it would look like today. Yeah. And so, there you go. A, a canceled Prince of Persia game that's just been on YouTube, just chilling there. Um, Damn. Gary, I'm very excited to see what the oh, future of Prince of Persia might be. But that future is so far away. If I want to know what's coming to Mom and Grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. You pretty much nailed it. You pretty much nailed it. You said, you I'm, said I'm, pretty much, I'm, 100, I'm completely off. I could, I could easily cheat in this format, in this at-home format. And have, have it written down for me here, but I don't. I'm completely off book now. I mean, you only missed one word. Like you, you changed, you, what you was the word I missed? Word across like you said on so the official oh, okay software Come on. Platform, I'm, down, on. I'm down to like I'm giving teeny, it to tiny you. little tweaks now yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely giving it to you but like that's like a 99 percent. you know you still get I'm a, i appreciate that i used to i used to not be able to do it at all but i'm getting there okay you're getting there out today we got zombies ruined my day for xbox one uh task force <laughs> campus for a ps4 xbox one and switch ping redux for ps4 Booze Balloons for PC, Snack Clearing for PC, and New Yankee 8, Journey of Odysseus for PC. Uh, for new dates, we have Dragon Ball Fighters, Ultra Instinct Goku is coming May 22nd. 
Ghost Runner has a demo that's available from May 6th to May 13th on Steam. Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath expansion is launching on May 26th. Chuhu Jutai is coming to Steam on May 22nd. Uh, today, 2K revealed the teaser trailer for PGA Tour 2K21. Yes. Promise to deliver a full announcement next Thursday, May 14th. Yes. I tweeted about this earlier today. I love, love golf games, like the proper PGA Tour simulator. Like the old, I used to love the Tiger Woods games. I'm so excited about this. I am all in on PGA 2K21. Is PGA 2K, like PGA Tour 2K, is that a new thing? Because I've not actually heard that. Uh, yeah, because 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 EA, EA had the license for the longest time. I think they've, That's what happened what was, it was. You know, Tiger Woods' career nosedived because of all the trouble in his personal life. EA switched the license over to Rory McIlroy and it kind of went off the boil a little bit. And I think they just lost interest because it looks like they've, they've not re-upped the license. Now 2K has it. I'm actually really super excited to see what 2K does with uh, the PGA Tour. I love golf really games. I'm definitely going to be playing that online with friends. 100% I'm all in on, on that game. Now, are you, are you also a Mario Golf person? Yes, I would love... You know, if you asked me right now, if I could wave a magic wand and put any any new game on Switch, either a fully blown out switched version of Mario Golf or Strikers, I would probably go with Strikers, but it would be close because I would love to see Fair. Mario Golf come back. And I and again, I, I personally prefer like you know, Hot Shots Golf and that kind of stuff. I, those can be fun, but I this, this is actually an area where I like like full simulation. I want like the real PGA Tour characters. I want to play Pebble Beach. I want to play, you know, the Masters. I want to play Augusta. That, 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 that's what I want. And I, I love those. I think it was Tiger Woods 04 that I was so hardcore into that. Like I, I played that game to death and I got really, really good at it. Um, and I'm very excited about 2K bringing a fresh approach uh, to PGA golf games. It's going to be in the next gen. And the next gen, it's going to look phenomenal. Yeah, it's going to look like watching golf on TV. I can't wait. Uh, coming soon to game to Xbox Game Pass, uh, Daisy and Red Dead Redemption Two are coming on May seventh. Uh, Final Fantasy Nine is coming to Game Pass on May fourteenth, and Fractured Minds is coming to Game Pass on May nineteenth. Now it's time for reader mail. You can write into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Manscaped. Flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to mow your lawn. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. I am talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth and smelling nice. After all, it's time for spring cleaning. And let me tell you, I love to use Manscaped. Uh, I, I use it periodically, uh, and it keeps me fresh. It keeps, me, it keeps it visible because it has a light. And so while I'm shaving, I'm not making any mistakes because that Manscaped 3.0 keeps things pristine. Uh, Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-belt grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Precision engineer tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your Manscaped routine. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial, crucial so your balls stop sticking to your leg. And as our treat, you'll find the Crop Reviver, which, which will keep your balls smelling fresh just like spring flowers. 
Subscribe to get the perfect package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, uh, making sure your trimmer always stays hygienic and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, that's a $39 value add, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GAMES20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES20 at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping, manscaped.com. Games 20. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Amiad Fredman writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, Naughty Dog released a Last of Us 2 story trailer today. Uh, I'm trying to resist watching the trailer since at this point, obviously, I'm in and would rather go in blind. But it got me wondering, should Naughty Dog have released the trailer at all? I'm, I'm sure the comments will be a minefield of spoilers. Would it be best for them to go low profile until launch because of the spoiler threat to, uh, to their consumers? Or is it business as usual and they have to market their game no matter, no matter the risk of internet trolls? Would love your opinion. Thanks, Amiad. So for, for the Last of Us 2 trailer, Gary, do you think, do you think it's, it's worth it for Naughty Dog to release it given the spoilers and, and, and all the trolls and stuff? I mean, I'm not I'm not a marketing expert, so I, I don't feel like I can speak to it authoritatively. It's a, it's, a, it's a tricky situation because on the one hand, you know, they want to get the word out about the game as much as possible. Of course they do. You know, you, you do advertising, you do trailers, you do public, publicity, you do media. Uh, but The Last of Us 2 is also a game that maybe doesn't need a ton of help, right? If you're going to afford to scale back the traditional marketing efforts on any game, it's probably this one. Like everyone and anyone who's into games knows that The Last of Us was a massive, massive and brilliant game and there's going to be a big uh, sequel coming up. So, you know, it's con- it's constantly in the news all the time. Uh, they maybe don't need to do a trailer. They probably feel like they need to check all the boxes anyway. I'll simply say this in the context of the leak. I, I, I'm sure you've covered that on the show already. It's been big, big news. It made me really angry and it made me feel terrible for Neil and everyone at Naughty Dog, the hundreds of people that have like put their blood, sweat and tears into this game for years and crafting a story that people are going to find interesting and compelling and surprising. And some dickhead, I don't know who it is, hacks into their server and leaks it. What, just to be a dickhead? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, it makes me very angry. I would hate to have been in that position. Whoever whoever is responsible for that leak should be, and they won't be because they clearly have no shame. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's disgusting. I'm disgusted by it. To, to ruin the fun of so many people who are going to accidentally see those spoilers and to, and to break the hearts of Neil and the people that worked so hard on that game to deliver something uh, that will be amazing. And and someone just goes out there and just shits all over it with this, you know. It's like it's like walking past a movie. Like they, these are the same dickheads who like were walking past the, you know, the the people that were lining up to buy the latest Harry Potter book and just like literally shouting spoilers out the window as they drove by in their car. Go fuck yourself. I can't stand people like. I'm sorry. I'm really trying not to get angry, but like it really, really makes me angry when people go out like the only like the, who are these people who are so fucking sad and are devoid of such an inner life of their own that the only way they can derive any pleasure any joy is by taking it away from other people fuck off i'm done yeah i mean i agree with literally every single thing that you just said gary um and in terms of do they change their their uh marketing push for for last part two do they change putting out a trailer or any of that stuff i don't 
I, I I think that kind of comes back to like you don't let the terrorists win. Like just go like just just go about the marketing push as you're going to either way because like when it comes down to people spoiling things in the comments, if you really want to, you can just turn the comments off, right? As Naughty Dog on your YouTube channel, like there there's an option for uploaders to disable comments. And I don't know if they did that or not for the trailer. I didn't scroll down the comments for obvious reasons, but yeah, I imagine you just you just disable those so that that doesn't become a problem. Um, but yeah, I, I think for Last was also like when it comes to them putting out a, a trailer or not, I'm of the mind that they they like for the trailer that came out today. I don't really even think they needed to put it out. I think it's it's a nice treat for people who who want that, right. and for people who are kind of thirsting for Last of Us. But to what you said, Gary, like people are aware of Last of Us. People are gonna buy this game either way. People are excited for it. I don't think you really. I don't think there really needs to be any more build up in terms of our excitement for Last of Us. No, I mean, in, 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 in terms of like the marketing effort, they don't need, like, The Last of Us is going to be a mega selling game. If you could live in two parallel universes where they don't release trailers and they do release trailers, the, the sales of the game are going to be roughly the same. Like it's not going to make that much of a difference. It's, I yeah. think they're doing it because they know that the fans are craving things and they want to give them little little teasers you know they want to they want to get them excited about the game not from a point of view like we need to maximize our sales but just to give the audience the things that they're excited about nothing wrong with that yeah and i i, I think you still you you celebrate the game the same way you have that that same push the same way and you don't let the the hackers and, and the leakers win right like you, right. you go about your business and you kind of just say fuck them and hey let's we're, we're still going to go about living our life and having a fun time and, and releasing our, our trailer because we want to release it. Right. Um, but yeah, like I'll say this again, you know, stay protect yourself when it comes to scrolling down to comments. Uh, there's only, there's only so much you can related. do. I mean, you can mute hashtags on Twitter and things like that, but like you get to a point with these, with these assholes, like it's one thing that they turn off the comments off on the, in the last of us, um, you know, preview page, the, the YouTube page where the trailer is, 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 or whatever. But like, then you get people who will like, will jump into threads and, and comments that are like nothing to do with it. Like, you know, you'll be in a, a YouTube comment thread about something like, you know, a, a sports or something. And someone will be in there going, Oh, in last of us two, this thing happens. Like they, they just trying to get you. Oh, it's, yeah. it's awful. And I hate these people. I hate them. There are no words in the English language to describe my utter contempt and frankly, pity for people that do things like that. Cause I, cause I pity them more than, more than I, I, I loathe them. I really do. You, you only Facts. engage in that kind of behavior. If you're deeply, deeply unhappy in your, in your life and you can't get up to the point that here's what you need to do. People, they, these people want to feel like everyone does. It's only human. You want to feel like you are as happy as everyone else, right? If you're down here and you don't know how to come up because you're, because you're so sad, the only way to, to, to achieve equal equilibrium is to bring other people down to your level by making them sad. And it's pathetic and pitiful. And I just hate it. And I wish there were a solution. Uh, I don't know what else you can do. Fuck them. Fuck them. That's it. Absolutely. Fuck them. Now it's time to squat up. Chris Q writes in with an interesting squad up and says uh, a bit of a different squad up may is asian pacific islander heritage month and inspired by the number one video games journalist andy cortez i wanted to create a shirt and donate to charity at the same time the design is inspired and also kevin if you could go down to the dock where the squad up is and open up the, the link and show it I, um that'd be cool i should have said that before uh, but to continue right I wanted to, to create a shirt and donate to charity at the same time. The design is inspired by the idea that children of immigrants are, are Americans, but also something else, separated by a hyphen. The colors and letters should be familiar to fans of PlayStation. All proceeds 
uh, 100% go to feeding America. I don't, I, I don't see a, uh, I don't see a penny from any sales. I just wanted to try and rally the kind of funny community to help feed families in need. Uh, the link, if you want to buy Chris Q's shirt, is teespring.com slash hyphen dash American. Um, and yeah, it's like a cool PlayStation themed shirt right there. Uh, all pre- proceeds go to feeding America. Thanks for that write in, Chris Q. And thanks, Kevin, for the assist on that. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write us uh, write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, let's what did we get here. wrong? How'd we do this week, Blessing? Nanobiologist says, to clarify, Gary means Adam Nickerson of Ding Dong XL. Yes, yeah, sorry. I just, I, I, he's just Adam there to me go. these days. But Adam Nickerson, the creator of Ding Dong XL and Bitblaster XL and the new Missile Command Recharged uh, that he did for Atari, uh, is is my band leader in Sidekick on Animal Talking. And he's also been a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous help behind the scenes. And I give him a lot of shit on the show and to his face. But from the bottom of my heart, Adam, thank you. You've been an invaluable part of the success of the show and we wouldn't be able to do it without you. And then Groovy Muse says, for misdates, uh, Jeff Keighley will be doing a surprise game reveal on May 12th as part of Summer Game Fest. And then Kabobs writes in with some additional details on Prince of Persia um, from the video we, we watched earlier. Uh, the target, it's target game footage, uh, pre-rendered game pitch uh, that was created around 2010 to 2011. Uh, it was planned to be a PS3 slash 360 game. Uh, it, it was canceled, obviously, and was also the inspiration for the Assassin's Creed 3 uh, team. So not much. We didn't actually get much wrong. It was just it's no. Just we did okay this week. It, I mean, because it wasn't a lot of facts. Good. It was mostly just us bloviating, you know, with our opinions. Yeah, and that's uh, what that's what people tune in for, though. For sure, for sure, and people love it, Gary. People oh, they can't it. get enough of it. Tomorrow's hosts for the show are me and Tim. So get ready for that. Remember, uh, we're reacting to we're acting live to this week's Inside Xbox as they show off games for next gen. That's happening Ooh, tomorrow. Yeah. 8 a.m. Pacific right here on twitch.tv yeah. kind of funny. I'm not, I obviously won't be watching it, but like if Jeff Keeley like fucks up or embarrasses himself, let me know because I want to hear all about that. Oh, for sure. I don't think Jeff Keeley's even gonna be there, honestly. I think it's just gonna be the, the Xbox thing. I don't I, I think they might like we'll reference see. Summer Game Fest, but we'll yeah, see. We, we'll see. Um and of course it's gonna be me, uh Greg, Tim, and Snowback Mike, I believe. And so uh, get some Snowback Mike hype going. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every week uh, live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the server level of patreon.com slash Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>